So Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus. We welcome your presence. We welcome your administration. We welcome the operation. And we welcome your manifestation here in this place today. We trust you. We love you. We love you. We appreciate you, God. And let your kingdom reality become on earth in us as it is in heaven today. Manifest yourself. Reveal yourself. Manifest your words, the words of the Father, God, the words of life to us today. Quicken us, teach us, educate us, disciple us, train us in the way that we should go. And we never leave, depart, or anything. We thank you so much right now. And we pray and open our hearts to you. And we welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you. Let your divine Zoe, your energy, be active in this house. Let it be active in our lives. Let the wisdom of God be manifested among us. And we thank you and we praise you right now. Begin to build us, equip us, transform us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, so let's go to 1 Peter. I told you 1 Peter. And I want you to circle in your Bible chapter 10 and 11. And I'm going to stay in 10 and 11 when I get there, but I'm going to start in verse 1. And under your notes, if you're taking notes, it's 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, which we have been there for a, a portion of time about the times and seasons, the sons of Issachar. And what, he, what they're talking about is people that know how to discern both the time and the season. And, and when you put on your notes, times and season has to do with oh, uh, times and discerning has to do with awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that more because everyone here is talking about that. You need to have that right now. In these times of life, it's more important to be equipped with discerning than anything for outward stuff. Discerning has to do with what is truth and what's a lie. Discerning has to do what's real, what's false. Discerning has to do with being aware of the spirit of an individual, whether it's an angel, whether it's a demon, it has to do with whether it's truth or it's a lie. Awareness and discernment, it has to do with that. And that touches a prophetic realm, right? Maybe everybody's not uh, prophetic or prophets, but everybody has the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And therefore, he's called the seer, right? He says, I'll show you things to come. And because you have that spirit in you, some of, most of you have a certain gift that goes with that awareness. But because you have that, the spirit of God in you, you can see things, you can discern things, you can see what's true and what's not. And the Holy Spirit's ministry is to, it's called the spirit of truth. And write it down, which is the spirit of realization. When I realize something, that has to do with the spirit of God's influence. I've come to the conclusion that, like Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. And when we're dealing with eternal things, we need eternal life and we need eternal gifts. And the gifts of the Spirit, we'll go into it another time. He goes, I don't want you to be misinformed, ignorant of spiritual matters. Mm -hmm. And we're touching one realm of spiritual matters, 1 Corinthians 12, which is discernment. Mm -hmm. And he said they ought to know, they they would know what manner of time, right? What manner of time. And the... Again, discerning is awareness. And I want you to keep focusing on that. That's the first step to awareness. And uh, somebody asked me the other day on a telephone call, like, how do you do that? And I'm telling them, okay, you know, we'll get into that in a minute. But as you look on a matter, you're going to see it. You're going to behold it. You're going to look at it. And as you're seeing it, that's why there's tons of Old Testament scriptures. Son of man, what do you see? Prophet, what do you see? Jeremiah, what do you see? So you're looking at something. And the same time you're looking and beholding, then kicks in the discerning. Right. It's all, but you got to look at it first. Jesus said in Mark 4, 26 verse amplified, the measure of thought and study that you give to a certain thing is the measure of virtue 
power that you're going to get from that. All, right. All truth parallel. <laughs> if you worry and behold worry and keep looking at worry, it'll become a strength of fear in your life. Because mm-hmm. what you behold is what you become. Yeah. What, you, what you're entertaining you is what's entering you, right? right. So that's what you want to do. So how do you do it? Son of man, he goes, look on it. Look on that thing. Uh, look on us. Behold that, what you're beholding, what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So once you see it, all of a sudden, as you watch it, discernment will kick in and you'll be aware of something. Mm-hmm. Give it time. Look at it. Behold it. And begin to sense the awareness of it. Right? right. And then as you do that, now you're not just looking with natural eyes. You're seeing with uh, spiritual eyes. Right. Paul wrote that we have eyes. He goes, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come unto you, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. It's your eyes of your heart, not the eyes of your head. So when you look at that, all of a sudden you're going to have a sense about that. So look, what do you see? You know, he goes, what do you see, prophet? Well, I see a tree. It looks like an almond tree. I see this, or I see a heavenly dove. John the Baptist goes, I see a heavenly dove dropping on my cousin Jesus. So he's maybe just not my cousin. Naturally, I see a spiritual thing. As I'm looking at him, I'm seeing an open heaven. I'm aware of something. And then he looks over to the religious Jewish people and he goes, what do you see? Uh, don't come over here, you bunch of vipers. Oh, I'm seeing something. As I'm looking at Chief Pharisee or, or Pastor so-and-so, I see not the title. I see a spirit of that. I know they're a viper. I know they're a pretender. I know they're not interested. I know that their intentions are different. That's what you do. So as you're seeing it, you become aware of it. That's the, it'll begin to manifest to you, right? And again, you don't have to be a prophet, but you can have a prophetic gift that will help. But if not, you have the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's ways of God that you can apply it where it's not, there's no fantasy in God's kingdom. There's only reality, right? There's only the spirit of truth. There's only righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Those are realities of God. And people are hungry for realities, right? Mm -hmm. All creation, it says in Romans, is groaning for reality. People want to know the Jesus of of your intuition, Mm -hmm. not the Jesus of your imagination. Right. And that's why you got churches full of empty heads, empty people, uh, that will fold when the trials of life come, they fold like a New York pizza because they don't have reality. They've been living in fantasy. And fantasy and, and I, is, a, is a realm of idolatry. If you worship an image that in your head that God didn't give, that's, a, that's idolatry. Right. And if you pre- preach another Jesus of not reality, that's idolatry. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's why 1 Corinthians says we're not serving dumb idols. We serve a living God. Right. And therefore we have something to say. And this is, I'll write it down. Nobody, none of us, can say anything that has eternal value, gift, and weight, but by the Holy Spirit. That's what he's telling us. So one time when you're in struggles, what I always do is uh, I'm beholding, seeing, and I become, oh, there's an awareness, and, if, and I test it by the law of witness. And I pass that witness by saying it. You know, I could say uh, uh, a certain word, but it just doesn't fly because yeah. it's not by the Holy Spirit. No man can say an eternal thing, but by the Spirit of God. So when I say something and I'm right on with the Spirit of God, it has eternal life, eternal weight, Mm -hmm. and and it'll begin eternal happenings, right? So that's a principle of God. No man can say, but by the Holy Spirit, right? right? So say it. If it's not by the Spirit of God, you'll know it. Again, discerning has to do with knowing. Discerning has to do with perceiving. That's all the definitions in the Hebrew itself. Those are the definitions. Knowing, perceiving, right? Yeah. And that keeps us navigating. That keeps us on a plane of reality and truth in pursuit of him, right? Yes. So I, I will just go to 1 Peter. And I wanna, I'm going to read it. We'll start, let's start in uh, verse uh, 1. 
And I'll, I'll start down there, but I'm going to get to verse 10 and, and uh, verse 11 in there. We got crowds. <laughs> so he goes, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse 1, to the exiles of the, uh, the dispersion in, in Pontius, Galatia, and uh, Cappadocia, Asia, and he goes on with all these names. The chosen and the destined. I'm reading out the Revised Standard. And I want you to circle. I don't know what yours says, but if it says chosen and destined, circle that. These terminologies that Peter had, Peter was a natural man. He was a fisherman. He wasn't like Paul, an educated man. He wasn't a theologian. He wasn't a, a scriptural studied man. This man was a fisherman, a fisher of men. He was that man, and he writes with a depth of revel revelation without an education. Write it down. You can have a depth of revelation without an education. A matter of fact, people with education just become cerebral and abnormal, mm -hmm. right? They become heady and not heartfelt. Yeah. So Peter was not a theologian. He was a fisher of men and literally a fisherman, an uneducated man with revelation. That's what he's saying. So he starts out to the chosen and the destined. And I want you to, I want you to consider that reality and the spirit of realization will, will in your life, sometime in your life, reveal that to you. Not only was I called, but I've been chosen. And when Peter lays into this reality of being chosen, he talks about the foreknowledge of God, which is where before you were even born. And I know that's heavy and that's weighty, but as you get older and you're seriously following God into maturity, that he gave, you get inclinations of that reality. And man, it takes the stinger out of uh, the, the elementary uh, sophomoric level of Christianity. It puts it in God's hands, gives you strength of faith that, that he chose you, right? Mm -hmm. Before the foundation of the world. He foreknew you before you were even in your mother's womb. Yeah. He tailored you and fitted you, it says in John, as a human spirit before you entered this realm, this womb, and this world. Mm -hmm. And he has a program, Psalms 139, that's written of you in a volume of a book that's in you for you to fulfill before you leave the planet, right? Mm -hmm. And that thing alone, by God's chosen, his foundation will have a motivation for you to live your life. Not pick a scripture verse off a bread box and say, like the cowardly lion, I do believe. I do believe. No, I can't help but believe because this thing in me speaks. That's right. This thing that chose me, this constitution in me speaks of an eternal thing. I can't help but be wired the way I am. I can't help but be like a certain thing because I am what I am, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 15, by the grace of God. Yes. Once you know who you are, who he is, and, you're, and you accept that, you're a happy person. You love him and love what, who you are and how he made you, and you love what you do. Yes. And most of the guys that I ever deal with and have dealt with in the past, they, don't, they, they start to try to love him and learn him, mm -hmm. but they don't love themselves. Right. They, they, don't, they don't love that, and they don't love what they do because they don't know who they are and what they do. Mm -hmm. And that takes a time to walk in. You know, first, the kingdom of God is your birth by an incorruptible seed. That seed's going to keep growing in you. Mm -hmm. I was telling uh, uh, Sarah yesterday, or I think I was telling Danielle the other day, I tell him, I don't, you can go anywhere and get born again, and that's important. Like, you can go to, even a, I remember uh, being in a Catholic thing and uh, with the nuns that were mean and reading these little books, uh, I forget what they called them, not missilettes or mistletoes or missile something. Yeah, mistletoes. And I would read that, mistletoe, that's Christmas, right? <laughs> I'd read that, and uh, the nun was mean, and, I, I, and my dad was mean to send me there because yeah. I wanted to watch Aquaman. And it was like cartoon day, but he sent me to that thing. And I went there and I, I, I would read it and she said, draw a picture of Jesus. So I, I was telling him, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, God used that later in my life. The picture I drew of Jesus meant nothing to me. I just want to go home and watch Aquaman. Right. But what happened was it was a seed 
And, the, and, it, and God used it, whether it's a religious institution, he used that seed to get me born again, right? right. And uh, what will happen is that God will use everything and anything and the seed of your life to get him in your life. Right. But once that seed's in your life, Peter will explain it, being born again of an incorruptible seed. Once you receive Jesus, I don't care if you're on a street corner, in your room, wherever you're at, once that seed gets in you, that seed has eternal life. It has his likeness. It has his image in it. And it'll, it'll fight everything that's not of him in you. That's why he says in Revelations, the kingdoms of our God will become the king, The kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdoms of, of our God and of his Christ in here. Mm-hmm. So whenever it's not fit for the kingdom in you, he'll, he'll equip you to overcome that. So I tell people, a lot of people, they, you, I get them, you, they receive Jesus. I go, I know they got the seed. I put faith in the, in the seed. The seed has a DNA. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to a dead church, uh, denominational deadness, or if they're in a certain thing, that seed of life will tell them, it'll move them out of there. It'll get them to the next phase of their life. It'll bring them out of there into something else, into the next thing. That's the seed thing that'll bring you to the next thing. That's the confidence that you have. So God will use anything. He'll use uh, people get say, what's that thing they do over here that, uh, you know, it's kind of like a little religious VBS. nice thing. Yeah, VBS. So you put your kid in VBS, they hear a Jesus thing, they'll get the seed. Yeah. Or once they get the seed, they won't stay in a VBS. <laughs> yeah. right. They'll follow the kingdom because the seed is him and it's yeah. born of the kingdom. Yeah. So I tell them, go, take them anywhere. They see Jesus on that little silly, uh, what do you call it, patchwork? You know, like what do they do? They used to do that. You know, what do you call it? Like a patch like color. A felt, you know, felt A felt thing. Yeah. That felt thing will become a felt thing eventually, <laughs> but they're not going to stay there. And that's my, that's my heart with God, my faith with God. And when I got the seed of God, I didn't stay anywhere. I keep moving. That seed is eternal. So that's the first order in, in, in life, right? right? So John 17, you know, that this is to know me is eternal life. Write it down. It's not about, eternal life isn't just about going to heaven. John 17, he makes it really clear to us. And he says, this is eternal life, that you will know me, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. And that you will know my, my father's words and you will know my father's uh, whatever. There's another word about something else, his words and his something else. But it's all in that level of eternal life. Mm-hmm. And that life goes from a seed and it'll keep building us. It'll keep conquering sin, Satan, and the Antichrist spirit in us, First John. That seed is incorruptible. That's mm-hmm. what Peter writes. Right? So here we go. So Peter said... You're chosen. Say, I'm chosen. I'm not just called. I've been chosen and destined. Before I I accepted Jesus, I was chosen and and destined. By creation, he formed me fearfully, wonderfully made me with a certain portion of that life. And so these guys that I deal with, my whole goal is to get them from saying, I just received the seed to uh, who who am I and what do I do? Some of them are 40-something years old. They're still not functioning. Functioning members and operation, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you want them to become operators, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I got the songs in my head, smooth operator. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. So a chosen and destined by God the Father. So whenever you're dealing with choosing, you're dealing with the Father's destiny, you're dealing with sovereignty. You'll come into that if you haven't yet. You'll come into it later in life, and it matters. Yeah. It, it, it takes away every bit of ego. It takes away every bit of headiness. It takes away every bit of uh, pretentiousness. It puts it in perspective. And when people say, man, that, you, that was great, that God stuff, you can take no credit. You really can't. Because he, he made me this way by creation, uh, by being his offspring, and he made me this way by regeneration. I, I am what I am by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. The function that I do, I'm just being. I'm not trying. I'm just being. But you'll come into it. 
Right. right? So look at that reality of sovereignty. Start watching it unpack in your life. You know you can't get away from being chosen. Religion will have you all over the place. That's why Jesus said in John 10, you can't be plucked out of the Father's hand or, or the Lord's hand. These two hands got you, mm-hmm. right? And, and they keep you. So when they, people that go up and down like, oh, I don't think I'm saved today, that's religion. There's no such thing. If he chose you and saved you, you're his forever. Yeah. Well, you know, if I did this wrong, I'm out. You're born of his seed. Mm-hmm. You can't kill the eternal life in you. That's, that's religion. That's fantasy. That's a way of, 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 uh, of bullying and mind control. That's a, and people don't want to serve with their heart. They just get always in fear. Mm-hmm. I can always tell it. I mean, you, I remember you meeting with the group. I remember the leader guy. He, 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 because he wouldn't serve God out of love, he did it out of coercion and fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't do this, I'm going to hell. So he tries to impart that to you guys. Right. So he's a son of hell more than he is a son of faith. Not getting personal, just telling you how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, so you can tell people that love God will reproduce the love of God mm-hmm. and the truth of God. People who he's a distance from, they have to serve him by fear because they're not motivated by love. Right. They say, oh, I, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. You can start that way before you know him, but once you know him, that hell is kicked out of you. Yeah. Yeah. He'll love the hell out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to make a t-shirt that way. <laughs> so chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you, right? In verse three, blessed be the God and Father, right? So he says, and when you write that down in your notes, when you're reading that thing and you catch the spirit of it, to blessed be the God and Father, it's your heart. And it says, blessed means to speak well of often. Blessed be the God and Father. I speak well of you often. I got nothing bad to say about you. I've indicted you with wondering why, that why do the heathen rage and, and imagine a vain thing? Why does the unjust seem to be getting some, you know, not dealt with? David did that, Psalm 73. I have my whys, but I get out of indicting because he has not done me wrong. He's done me right. In my darkest hour, I learned more about the Father. Religion would have said, you know, you're dead, destroyed, over with, kicked down, kicked out, whatever. That's not what he said. So Peter revealed the Father in this text. Two reasons. One is the Jewish religion can't stand when you call God your Father. They killed Jesus for that. They said, you can't call God your Father. So Peter kind of uses that ear-cutting technique. I'm going to say, blessed be the God of Father to you Jewish guys. How do you like me now? Right? <laughs> so he kind of puts that out there a little bit. But also, he shows you the revelation of what the Father does in our lives. And in your darkest hour, you're going to learn the Father. Peter wrote, in Luke 5, it shows you Peter's encounter with Jesus as Jesus is manifesting the Father. He says, uh, uh, he gets on his boat and he tells him, uh, hey, I toiled all night. And, uh, and the Lord's going, I want you to throw your net over one more time. Cast your net over one more time. And you, you take that, it's not a story, it's a principle that might be relevant for you. Right. It might be that you've, Cat, you've been toiling all night, like he said, but I toiled all night on this fishing boat and I got nothing. I've toiled and I've toiled and I've toiled. You might be like that. I've had that scripture speak to me. How? By the spirit of realization, it was more real to me than what I was dealing with. That's when I believe it automatically. Believing is not hard, right? right. Believing is inspired. So when I used to try to do it, like read it, believe it. I believe it. I believe it. No, 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 no. I can't, no man can say but by the Holy Spirit. Whatever has been realized to me and I say that thing, that's a realness and a happening. 
right? Yeah. So he says, I've toiled, and you might use that if that speaks to you. I've been toiling all night. I'm strong. I'm tired. I've been doing this a long time, and I'm seeing, it seems like little bit of fish, hardly anything. And then the Lord it shows up in your life, and he goes, hey, cast your net one more time. And he says, and you'll say the same thing in your life's experience. When you're tired, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, I don't want to do this, right? And then the, it's a proving of the heart. It's a testing of your faith. And then he'll say, throw the net over one more time. And he goes, okay, no struggle. Nevertheless, I'm toiling, but at your word, I'll do this, mm-hmm. right? So at his word, an energized word, not just a read word, mm-hmm. not just a reading of the mind, but an inspiring of the heart word, right? right? Um, that's what you live by. Man does not live by bread alone, he said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is what we're learning is to become discerning and aware of what's really the voice of God in us. Mm-hmm. What's the zoe of eternal life? What's the energy behind that word? I don't care if it's for conviction. It'll have energy. I can believe it. If it's convicting me and telling me, stop this, go there. That's conviction. But it has to have Zoe's energy. People, I remember a long time ago, they'd read, um, I remember a guy that came to my house. This is what you call what religions, legalism does. This guy was a, he got a divorce. He got a single guy. He had some problems uh, with, uh, not seduction, what's the word? Uh, I don't know, with his lust, whatever you want to call it. And he, he, so he came to my house one day, true story, in California. Came there with a black eye. And I told him, what's the matter with you? I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he's still alive, probably. Mm-hmm. But I said, what's, what's the matter with you? He said, well, Craig, I, I, I stumbled, I failed again. And I said, well, why the black eye? I was so mad at myself that scripture says if you have this problem, you're to pluck your eye out. So he hit himself in the eye. So I said in my head, religion is crazy. <laughs> but people that, are, he, he meant well. And he tried to fulfill the letter of that scripture without hearing the voice of his nature. Right. The Lord wouldn't say that. He wouldn't do that. But he's thinking it's better to, you know, that scripture, pluck your eye out. It's better to do that and have one eye than enter the hell. So I'm plucking it out. Mm-hmm. Or some guys read Judas hung himself and then listen to that Peter redeemed himself with God. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like if you read a scripture and it becomes, uh, it's like legality <coughs> slash is not maturity. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's making us mature sons and daughters. Maturity is not insanity. The more mature a tea that you have, the more liberty you have in life. The more maturity you have, the more soundness of mind you'll possess. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so, to go on into maturity is such a thing of reality. Without maturity, it's just religious shallowness and emptiness. Mm -hmm. Maturity is him forming and fashioning you. The challenges that you have with your own mind, the challenges that you have with your own emotions, the challenges that you have staying in the game with faith's believing, mm-hmm. those are challenges that grow you into maturation. Mm-hmm. So it's not legality, it's, matur- it's maturity. Right. And so this guy would just, you know, he hit himself, man. And, and I'm like, that's torment. And it wasn't the Lord, but he had, he, he had some false sense of, well, I paid the price for it. Well, that's religion. He paid the price for it, not you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't mutilate your flesh, and that's what religion does. Right. And as you write down in Colossians, and read it with the spirit of the writer. In Colossians, he says, being delivered from the power of darkness and being translated into the kingdom of his dear son and of his love. And under that darkness, Paul wasn't talking about sinful outward things. He was talking about religion's manifestations. Mm-hmm. He said asceticism, which means to flog yourself, beat yourself for acceptance. He talks about legalism when you're just a letter of the law guy and, and uh, you know, just letter. He talks about legalism, uh, asceticism. I can't remember the other one. Oh, 
celebrating days and uh, you know certain days. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's all religion. That's all outward affliction. I want you to learn how to follow an inward reality. I want you to follow the intuition. I want you to follow your human spirit. I want you to follow the spirit of Christ. I want you to learn how to discern. I want you to learn how to be aware. I want you to acknowledge that awareness mm-hmm. so you can walk in that realness. Right. So back to the, the book. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. So yeah, at the end of the day, Jesus, I wanted to finish this up. Luke, when he said that, he saw what Jesus did and what the power of what his words were saying, and so do we. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a buddy call me, and he goes, you said something about a notable thing happening. And he goes, yeah, he goes, You're, you, uh, you don't care about what happened. You just care that God caused it to happen, right? I go, yes, I don't care. If it's a blessing, I don't care about the numbers. Mm-hmm. To a fault, I don't look at, I don't care about money, but you need to live by it. Uh, you know, I've been, <laughs> I have referees in my life now. It's not wrong to make money, Craig. I don't care about it. But I care who brought it because that matters to me because that means, like it says in Genesis uh, about Hagar, he's the God who hears and sees. Write that down. I want to know by experience, not just by some uh, theological letter, that he's the God that sees me, that he's the God that's with me, hears me. I know it technically, but it's helpful when a sign and a wonder of that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It makes me smile. It makes me know that he's, he's watching me. He's, he's there. I know that sounds Old Testament. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a manifestation of that outwardness, not just the inward revelation, but a manifestation. I'm not an Old Testament dude. That's for whoever's listening to this and wants to criticize it. But the fact is, there's an awareness of his presence and awareness of his significance and signs and happenings. Right. Yeah. So, so he said... Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And this is what I'm saying. In your darkest hour, Peter knew the Father. He's writing out of his experience with Luke over here in Peter. And he says, like, he goes, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. He goes, no, no, no. He doesn't even listen to the sinful man garbage. He goes, no, you're a fisher of men. And I made you that way. And look, in this chapter here, he says, because I chose you to be that. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes your natural job description and what you're doing in it has to do with your spiritual significance as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, uh, when I, before I was born again, right out of high school, I was, I was given a job to coach, which was not even legal in the school system. But I was coaching. Well, of course I am. By the way he made me, I was an exhorter, a coach guy. I was built that way. Mm-hmm. And so whatever size your natural job is, you can be built and you're doing it. And then you find your spiritual significance in that. Mm-hmm. Right? And now, now I'm, I, spiritually, I'd be an equipper. I'd be a foundation layer. I'd be a man maker. I'd be doing that. And I do it in the natural. And we roll around on the mats. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's parallel. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes if, you know, you see certain gifts in your life that you're doing in your job, because whatever job, whatever you're giving in word and deed, whatever the role is, that part of God in you will start showing up. If you go through the corridors of the nursing home and you have a gift of administration, you'll, you'll erase the chalkboard and go, Okay, we sh- I should probably dust first. Number two, this is a gift administration. Number two, I'm dusting so the dust falls down, and then I'm wiping, and then I'm fall- and then I'm mopping. There's that's divine order. If you're an administrator, mm-hmm. if you're a mercy giver and you have a job in the nursing home, you'll walk by that old lady that can't pick up her shoe, and you go, "My heart is moved. Why? By the, this gift of mercy that I have. That I have to. Oh, here, ma'am, this is for you. You have you can't help yourself. So what? The job you're in will reveal the, the power of him within you in the gift. Mm-hmm. So you'll find it, right? That's why God's always telling me, well, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. You'll find him on what is delegated to you. Uh, the job that you're doing, you're going to be doing it that way. Right. 
because you're, I mean, I did years of, uh, my first years is to make income so I could go do God's provision. I did janitorial. Oh, so if I was small-minded and didn't see the reality of God and the gift of God, oh, you think I'm, I'm called to be a toilet cleaner? No, I'm not called. I'm cleaning toilets, but I'm meeting people and, and reading their mail and, and leading them to God on those jobs. Right. I'm using a prophetic gift after cleaning a toilet. Mm-hmm. So whatever realm that you're in, you'll find him with and the gift within. So then you start functioning, not just sitting. Right. Right? right then you're a functioning member now you're an operating person and you go oh that was you so now you're growing in your gift and calling that's right so the other guys go oh i, I got this thing it's just my job you know and it's killing me well no it doesn't have to if i have the job you had my gift is i'll be searching meditating getting revelation downloads with every hour i'm on the road i did it they'll say well it's easier said than done i said yeah but i did it Mm-hmm. I drove to uh, Dallas and then all the way back from Tyler to Dallas in a nighttime meeting. And they said, we want you to do what you do. And I was crying saying, but I didn't give myself time to prepare. Found out God was there. Mm-hmm. I'll sing you a song. He was there all the time. <laughs> it was a whole Pentecostal song. Uh-huh. Not that I was Pentecostal, by the way. <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Speak well of him. Speak often. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're in that place with God... Every bit that you know of him as a father, every part that, because a father is an imparter, write it down. The father will impart divine seed. The father imparts to you, right? In the Corinthians order, Jesus is the administrator. The Holy Spirit is the the manifestations, but the the father is the imparter. You're imparted, being born again of an incorruptible seed by the father. Mm -hmm. So fatherhood is imparter. People naturally, and and I'm, 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 how much time am I on here before I get to meddling? Oh, I got time. So it's like, just naturally, like you see things and I'm not going to even get into it in totality, but you see people all writing about the Academy Awards and the drama that happened and all that that occurs, right? Well, if people knew God, and uh, most don't, but if people knew God, they would know the order of God in those situations with God. And so what they end up doing in those particular things is most of them don't know God, but they pull the God card without the God heart. So they say, God told me this and God told me that. And if you're a real discerner and a real awareness guy, you shoot right through that. Say, don't blame God for that. Blame your carnal inclinations. Mm -hmm. Stop hiding behind God. Let's just be honest, man. Mm -hmm. So you would learn that. Well, there's a principle in God. Now I want you to write it down. When people are first born again, it's called, uh, uh, they're called napios, which means in the Greek, no speech. They don't have much to say. So when you're first born again, the whole instruction of the word of God and the wisdom of Jesus says, hey, you're a baby. And he says, desire the pure milk. So you really don't have much to say. And think about the natural when you had your baby. Did they talk much? They might have cooed, and, but they didn't talk much, but they crapped a bunch, right? <laughs> they did. So it's like, but the, the, the reality is like, so these, you get these people that are movie stars and some of them don't know God or they said they just began their walk with God and they want to be leaders instead of no speech readers. You want to tell them, pump the brakes a little bit there, Scooter, because you really don't know what you're talking about. And you're besmirching the reality of God and his kingdom. So, you know, pump the brakes, get back into humility. And if you're a brand new guy, you just received Jesus. I'm glad you're excited about Jesus, but you got not much to say about that. Just say what you're excited about, but don't try to rule the whole city. You, you're not delegated that. And actually, you're going to look foolish. And how many babies, except for boss baby? <laughs> could, could rule a situation, right? right. So you just got, you, you can, you know, you don't, I don't want to get into the drama, but you learn it. So there's, 
it's the beginning when people first receive the Lord, I listen to their excitement and their stories. Mm-hmm. Man, I really love God. He did this for me. Okay. But they're not leading a, a, a business. They're not leading uh, the kingdom world. They're not doing that. They're not delegated that. Mm-hmm. So then the next level is, is called technon, which is teenager. So if you're a teenager in God, give, give yourself a chance to grow. The Lord loves you and wants you to experience things, but know your measure. Am I, uh, am I brand new? I don't got a lot to say, but I'm sure excited about this new faith. But then the next level is I'm a teenager and I think I know everything, right? <laughs> and that's what you got, you know? So that's why you got some people. Well, I, I know that, did you, Craig, um, one guy I remember telling me, did you read the whole Bible? Fact of the matter is I never read the whole Bible. And I'm 40 years in this. Mm-hmm. Have I had encounters with the Lord? Yeah. Have I had encounters from verses and scriptures and water out of the rock? Yeah. But have I read the whole Bible? No. And I tell them no. And so in their heads, like, well, you should read the whole Bible. No, I'm not, I don't care. I don't want to read the Bible. He said that you search the scriptures, but you won't come unto me. I want to come unto him and then find the scriptures in him. Right. And, and they'll say, how do you remember so much? Because I said, how do I remember so much? Whatever has light to me and I say it out loud, I don't, I don't have to rehearse it or meditate it. It's there forever. And it comes back to me. Right. And that's why so many songs are like that. The Lord will use songs. Like you get a song or something and, and you do that, it stays with you forever with the scripture. So I'm not into memorization, right? You're into just encounters and, and as you experience things from the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. And that's technon, teenagers. They know everything. They're cerebral. Their heads are big. They look like aliens. Big heads and little bodies, big eyes. <laughs> yeah, big eyes. I mean, I did this and I did that. Mm-hmm. Technon, teenager, know it all. Yeah. So the next level is called Greek progression and, and maturation is weos, where we get a mature son. A mature daughter. It's a, it has to do with a person that's not all full of themselves, but just wants to reflect and be responsible to him. Re, you know, how do, how do I obey him? I just, what he said, I do. You know, not, not, not this big heady thing. I just reflect him. That's that. And then the, the fourth level of growth is called pater, which is father, which is now you're an imparter. And that's going to happen in every one of your lives. It'll happen with whatever you're responsible for. You, you know, trust the process, write it down. Embrace the, tr- uh, the process. Love where you are. You get teenagers telling you, I can't wait to get out of school. Why don't you have to go to work? I'm saying, dude, one day you're going to see that school is easy. Yeah. And you're going to see that there's more responsibility when you get outside of this little cartoonery. Mm-hmm. So the more you mature, the more responsibility you have. So embrace your moments with the bottle. Embrace your moments chirping your tires and somebody correcting you, teenager. Embrace the, the revealing of the Lord and, and, the, and then embrace when it's time for you to impart, right? And it's gonna happen in all of our lives, whatever measure at, that's called spiritual growth, mm-hmm. right? Make sense? Yes. All right, so we're back to this. So blessed be God and Father, speak well of them. And when you do, you speak well, speak often, acknowledge them, right? And our, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the great mercies, we have, that he has born, uh, what does it say? have been uh, born anew. We've been, oh, we've been born anew into a living hope. So the, the, the new birth, you're always going to have hope. When you have the seed of eternal life, you, you can be going through hell in your life, but you're always going to find a hope in your life. There, it could be, there's no such thing as no hope with God. You've been born again of, of a seed that gives you hope. So when you're in darkness, you'll find that out. But when you're not, you won't find that resistance out. Mm-hmm. When you're in darkness, you'll find, hey, I got a hope. And there's always a silver lining in the midst of all this goings, yeah. right? I, and, and it's true. I can tell you now, I've been doing it over like 40 years. I'm just telling you what happens. 
Uh, years back, I would say, oh, oh, I don't know, man. It's an old crap moment. Yeah. I don't know about hope, but hope is there. Hope is, is a, it, it puts your head up. It, it's, it puts your head up like, really? Mm-hmm. This can happen? Mm-hmm. I got another chance? Yeah. Oh, you're not, Jehovah not angry? Mm-hmm. Jeho- you might be correcting, chastening, mm-hmm. but you haven't forsaken? Right. Really, by my experience? Mm-hmm. That's hope. You got hope. There's a silver lining somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's what the, the, the new birth seed. Born again, born anew to a, a living hope, a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance. You can look at it later. The inheritance that you have, it's imperishable. He, he defines it. This is Peter, the fisherman, not the studied man. He says your, your inheritance is, is imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. And what? It's kept for you by the power of God. It's guarded for you through faith and salvation. All It's about him and there's little me. Big keeping him and little me. That's the perspective of God's reality, right? right. To be revealed in the, in the last times. And he goes in for, even for, and rejoice through for now a little while. Say a little while. Oh and listen, you, I've been telling you the weeks before, know what season you're in. Use Psalms 23 as a measuring rod. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Is he shepherding me? I shall not want. Is he teaching me that I don't have to fear about lack or want or any good thing? Is he teaching me that? Am I there? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, what's the next verse? Somebody help me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures, right? Am I in a green pasture time of feeding and just sitting at that level and just feeding? He leads me uh, and he restores my soul. Am I in a season of restoring my soul? Oh, this helps me. The Psalm of David in the cartoon kids book. The Lord is my shepherd. So am I in a, in a season of learning about lack and, and uh, abounding or am I learning about uh, abasing, right? Where, where am I at? He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. See, he makes me lie down. If you're a driven guy, if you're uh, always driven and never laid down, he'll, he'll make you lie down. Mm-hmm. If you keep being driven, you get like, uh, you know, you get wore out. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's built different. You can use ideologies of dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm probably a melon, whatever it is. A melon. <laughs> High strung, ears are up. I'm aware of everything. And I want a mission. Mm-hmm. I, my mission means everything to me. Mm-hmm. Guess who else is like that? My mom. My mom's mission-oriented. When's the guy coming? The, he's not here yet. I say he just called you. The mission must be done. She, so she, and it has to be done now because I'm mission-driven and I cannot relax until it is accomplished, right? So if you're that person, he's going to make you lie down in green pastures. Learn how to embrace silence. Learn how to embrace non-activity. He won't give you much because he made you that dog. You know, and if you're the other kind, you're a basset hound or a bloodhound and all you do is lay down... Then he's going to have to tell you, you need to get up, right? You know, you're good at laying down and being bloodshot at eyes. But if that's you, get up. You know, you're going to get up and you're going to be balanced. If you're a bird dog, you're always looking for an animal, right? And that could be the animal that you deal with in people. I don't know. But you can look at that in dog life, in the dog world. You know, some people will say, I'm this, I'm that, you know. I remember guys saying whatever they are, but they just excuse themselves about it. Oh, I'm just a St. Bernard, no. You're just a lazy man. <laughs> anyway, he says he makes me lie down in green pastures. So there's a, are you in that season? I'm reading out of Chloe's Bible. He leads me beside quiet waters. There's a leading. Am, am I learning his lead, right? I mean, some of this is every day, but sometimes you're in seasons of it, right? I mean, I remember being in long seasons of uh, correction, chastening, convictions, uh, plowings. And I think, is it ever going to go? Dungeons and prisons and that, I don't mean literally, but in your head. Mm-hmm. Until he says, I've permitted, let's go on. Oh, 
the, the referee blew the whistle. Yeah. I can't just keep, you know, we're not, uh, we live by life. We live by light. We live by truth. We live by the now presence of God. You can't say like some religious guy, oh, this is the moment for me to, uh, I'll just do this or I'll just do that. Because every time you say that, you just fall on the ground right. because he didn't permit that. Right. So I found in life, if I'm listening, discerning, and I'm aware, which we're training here, then, and I listen to that and I say that, that's his initiation because I can choose what he's chose for me. Right. I've gotten good at choosing what he's chosen. Mm-hmm. I just got to balance it out with some initiation because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do any of it. I can't stand social media stuff. I'll p- promote, I don't wanna, I'm not promoting myself. I will represent him, and it's going to be a big stretch for me to have to say more in different realms because right. I'm of the persuasion. I choose what he's chosen. If he chose for me to do that, then it'll work. If it doesn't, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? I want his reality. I might make it double hard, but maybe he grows me up. Elijah did that, poured double water on it, and said, let's see if he's the God that answers by fire. And I'd rather do that than be uh, out there Mickey Mouse in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so find out where you are. So in Psalms, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake, right? For my sake, for his name's sake. Not for my sake, for his name's sake. His nature in me, his, his fulfilling, his choosing, chosen in destiny for me, right? Mm-hmm. And it's for him in the bottom line. I get the reward of experiencing him but it's to further his kingdom and things in our lives for our kids, for our businesses, for whatever he's delegated to us. Mm -hmm. It says for his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley, are you in a season of darkest valleys? I would have to say most of us in here are not right now. Nobody's in a dark valley. They were, I was, you were, we're not right now. Right? So am I going to camp around a dark valley? Is everything that I pray going to come out of a dark valley? Try it and you'll find God not in it. Oh man, you know, I think I'm, um, I'm in a dark valley and, and, he, and he's like, you know, Tony Stark eye roll. Uh, that was a year ago. Yeah. Like, why are you bringing this up to me now? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I, you know, there's no struggle in it. Because there, our struggle ends where his spirit begins. If we find him in the life uh, that proceeds out of his mouth, we're not going to be camping out at, at Struggleville. Right. We're going to be going on to perfection. Yeah. And it would be, if we're in that season and we're trying to go back to that reason, we're going, to be in, we're going to be in a problem with him and within. It don't fit. Galatians 2, 8. If it don't fit, don't force it. If it doesn't fit you, don't wear it. If that scripture don't fit, don't let it be a yoke on your head. If it don't fit, don't force it. You could be noble and not loyal and try to force fit a scripture that Satan is quoting to you that doesn't fit you for the season you're in. That was 10 years ago, man. What are you trying to fit me with? That don't fit me anymore. Isaiah said, because the anointing has made fat your neck, you can't put that back on. It says, because of the anointing will destroy that yoke. It's made fat the neck, so it can't be put on you. It won't fit you. Say it won't fit me. So don't force it if it doesn't fit you. That's Satan's bullying. When you're getting bullied by a verse, bullied by a scripture, not convicted, but bullied, don't try to wear it. Yeah. Don't wear it. If it don't fit, don't force it at all. Make sense? Yes. You can look up Isaiah 10 in the Amplified uh, Version, if you would, but it writes it, AMPC Bible, writes it so clear. So when you're going through struggles and you have gone through valleys and shadows of death, but you've gone through it and you're no longer even eating a, a table at your enemies, but you're, now you're, you're going in goodness and mercy times in your life following you and uh, the dwelling place, I will dwell in that place, that position that God placed me in, that's your season. Embrace that 
Be clothed with that. Mm -hmm. Don't be clothed with a bullying scripture out of season. That was what you were in. This is, that was then, say it, this is now. So use Psalms for that, right? And I'm going to wrap it up here in a minute. So I'm going to go and skip down. Well, maybe I go back another time, but verse 10, let's, we'll write this. It says in verse 10, the prophets who prophesied, say prophets. prophets. And it means seers, right? So when you're dealing with prophets and the gift of a prophet or even prophetic people, you're dealing with seers, people that see, right? And it goes right back with discerning. When you look on it, how do I see? I see it. I look on it until I see it. As I, and then I'll perceive it and then I'll know it. And once I discern it, I, I mark it. And then what happens next for it to succeed? As you're aware of it, number two, acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge what you're aware of. Mm-hmm. If you see the guy in this grocery store, that looks dark, you know, I'm not talking about a skin color, I'm talking about in spirit. Well, God forbid, this. everybody's so racial touching yeah. right now. It's silly, and that's another silly thing. And when you hear racism, there's no such thing as that in the kingdom of God. Right. There's no such thing as the culture, that's my culture. Mm-hmm. I love cultures. I love Italian culture because it's good food. I love Mexican culture, good food. <laughs> but it doesn't give me excuse to be a certain way in my behavior. My culture does not affect my behavior. Oh, I'm just a hothead. All, all Italians are hotheads. No, there's no excuse for that. It's Christ over culture. Mm-hmm. So don't give me that. Don't pull no black card, white card, no card. Mm-hmm. It's a Christ card or not at all. Right. Believe it or not, when we used to travel, there was Indians that say, come speak at our church because we're, we're an Indian Christians. Oh, come speak at our church. We're cowboy Christians. Mm-hmm. If the Christian's not first, there's a culture problem. Right? Embrace and love and learn your culture. But Christ is above that for your behavior. Right. So don't pull that card on me. You know, some of these guys are pulling a card. Man, I just want to have a voice. Guys like LeBron James. A voice? You got a mouth, buddy. You've been talking forever. <laughs> what do you want? What more do you want? Right? right? You didn't come off no boat either. So stop the <laughs> foolishness. Right? That's, that's just crazy wrong. And if they promote their culture, any race. He's, Paul said, we're not... Uh, in terms, we're not Greek or Jew. The only thing that matters to us, no skin color, but the new creation. Mm-hmm. And that's how, Christ, that's how, I won't even say Christians, because Christians have make it, they took the entity of Jesus out and put the entity, and they're just as bad. Mm-hmm. No, I'm Baptist. No, I'm Catholic. That's my culture. I remember friends, Craig, what are you doing? What happened to you? I said, well, I gave my heart to God. And they never served God. They, they drank like fishes, and they still do probably. <laughs> and then they, they tell me, okay. And, I, and they said, and I tell them, well, you know what, man, you do this. I'm not doing that. Man, my dad's been Catholic, my mom's been Catholic, and I'm Catholic. Do you, are you a practicing Catholic? No. So what are you talking about? Are you, I'm a Jew. Are you a practicing Jew? No. So stop this thing, this thing, right? So anyway, that's not a reality. So when you see that on that thing and you become discerning and aware of that, you can pull that. That's a BS card. Mm-hmm. Not buying it. God didn't say that to you. My, I know my Lord. I, I know the reality of the Father. I know something. I, I've got years with him. That's not him. That's you guys, just like the religious guys playing church and you're playing leader in the Academy Awards. Guess who's not a leader? Any of you. It's the same thing. It's, religion is religion. And it's religion in that little academy thing. Same thing. It's a religion in churches. Men that don't know God in part or, or they're not in the gift and the function in part and they're just playing. You know, let's just play. You know, let's play. 
God told me this. What did he tell you? God told me this. How does that make you get chills? Ooh, Mofasa. <laughs> right? And they're, they're playing a game. And God says, I want to build a kingdom. You're playing a game. Can I use you? No. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Where's he talking to the book of Revelations? The church. I can't even get in my own place. But you got Kool-Aid and candy and lollipops and it's Willy Wonka land. It's not happening. You won't find him in the midst of that, right? Yeah. But you'll find him here first. Yeah. Then you find him with who you connect to second. Yeah. That's the li- he doesn't he, he builds his people and then he builds them and connects them. Then they become a synergy, a power, a force, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I think of their, I went way off. So, so let's finish this up. So the prophets, the seers, the discerners. So I discern it. How do I discern? I look at it. What do you see? I see this. And once you see and perceive it, it's deeper. It's weightier. You mark it. All right, then, then you acknowledge it. How? By your heart to God, I acknowledge that. He says in Proverbs 3, 5, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll direct your path. You'll have direction by that discernment. Mm-hmm. But you gotta acknowledge it. I, I used to do this practice all the time. Is why I'm telling you. I'd go to Louisiana and I, I was delegated their pulpit in this little town with people. And then they say, okay, go up. And I would sense the presence. I would be, have an awareness of what's going on, not what my agenda was, what I believe I sense, what I see, until, and then I would acknowledge it out loud. I, Lord, I acknowledge your presence right now I, in the way that I'm, I'm sensing is this. And if I would say that, it would get heavier. Mm-hmm. And it would come, it's the same way with our walk. If you're in your room and you had this, this scripture that has the energy of Zoe, John 13, you're walking out of an office and he says, you're clean by the words I've spoken to you. That's just a scripture, mm-hmm. but it has energy behind it. I'm clean? And you say it out loud. I'm clean by the words. That means my whole, what I thought was unclean is no longer unclean. I'm clean. Mm-hmm. That got into me, right? He said, my words are spirit and life. I spoke them into you. Right. So whatever it is, and then you acknowledge it. Man, I'm clean by the words. And lo and behold, three weeks later, maybe some, uh, Satan will subtly say, man, you owe this, you owe that, you owe this. And I'm like, nope. I, 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 was, I discerned it. I was aware of it. And I communicated it. And life was on that. And it still is today. So that's discerning and awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And that gives you the direction for your navigation. Those are, how do you say, the way God built us. With the heart a man believes, with the mouth he declares. I have believed, uh, the spirit of faith says, therefore I'll say it. It's not not like, uh, you know, know, give me a Cadillac and all that nonsense. We're just talking about finding our place and our navigation along life's roads. Right. And you will. So whatever you, you discern, you become aware, whatever you recognize, perceive, acknowledge. That's all acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, I just say, you know, I acknowledge you. I, you, I mean, I don't want to use it because I don't care about preachers. But my experience with preachers is they, they study their notes. They bring their, their notes, but they don't acknowledge him. Yeah. And he's like right there in prayer. I've seen him and I've, I've actually talked to them about it. Mm-hmm. Like I would say God's presence is here for this right now. Well, man, I just studied all this. Or so you're going to use your manual or are you going to follow Emmanuel? Right. Which one? Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell them that. And then I mean, first, and they blink a lot and then they, but I had all this study and their study is caca. <laughs> it is. It's just nothing. And I remember I have to tell people, I had friends, I tell them, stop talking. There's no more God here. Mm-hmm. There's like, there, there's a vacuum you're creating. Right. But that's just, that's in the realm that I was delegated for a while. But that works on every realm of life. So uh, awareness, discernment, acknowledge. Say it out loud to the Lord. 
you know, if it's John 13, I'm clean. I, I've, I'm clean by the word you spoke. You can even say it with a question, but the energy is strong. And then that's going to mark you. Mm-hmm. Now you, it's going to give you navigation. So if an alien uh, voice tells you, no, you're back over here uh, eating worms and, and on your knees eating gravel and discipline. And you're like, no, he just told me this. But the scripture says that you're this. And if it doesn't fit you, right? Did you find that scripture in Isaiah 10? And I'll wrap it. 1027, the AMPC Bible. He says, because the anointing makes fat the neck, the yoke is destroyed. Can you read it? Yeah. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of fatness, which prevents it from going around your neck. So maturity over legality. Because mm-hmm. when you're in this fight, you're going to get scriptures, a million scriptures, Satan will quote. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll try to fit those on you. And if they don't fit, don't force it. Go with the energy, right? Your neck's too big now. It's maturity. I choose maturity, not religion's crazy, right? right? And that's it. And, and even Peter's writing, you write it down for yourself later, and I'm going to close this up. But First Peter, I think it's 3.16 or 3.10. He said, Paul's writings are hard to understand. He said, to the ignorant and unlearned, they wrestle with them. And the Greek is they put themselves on a torture rack. I've lived on torture racks with empty scriptures. Oh, the religious man will tell me, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, right? <laughs> yeah, I get that. But I'm talking about God's living voice through his living scriptures that Jesus said, come unto me, not just search a scripture. Right. What did I tell you before I wrap it? Uh, what are you looking for? Is it 316 to say that... Paul's teachings are hard, difficult to understand. You can look it up later if you want. But when you find yourself in life, the Zoe's energy, acknowledging God's reality, and you know that's real, and it, and it witnesses inside in a real way, these things are written that you might know about eternal life and having eternal life. If it witnesses in you that, don't, don't be tempted to come off of that and, and wrestle with some right, just to be especially extra super right in a scripture. It's not right, it's life. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yes. All right, how much time am I on this? Oh, I'm long. So, Father, I want to thank you for this. I didn't plan all this, but I, I pray, and I know if you're inspiring it, you're equipping us, and there's people that are listening that need this equipping as well. Mm-hmm. And I thank you so much. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Lord is, there is liberation. Where the Lord is, there is jubilation. Where the Lord is, there is truth, light, and love. And we give you glory and we thank you that you've entrusted to us these treasures within us and these earthen vessels that are you. So we bless you and let your words produce 30, 60, and 100 in our life fold. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. 54 minutes. (laughs) Did it feel like?